guys. I don't think this is worship music. What? 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 What were you thinking? Uh, we're not trying to be on the highway to hell, man. No, I, I'm sorry. I was studying. Um, I, I, oh, you're studying. studying. That's what they call studying ACDC? now. Okay. It, it was a playlist. Uh, I, I'm sorry. You guys caught me at the wrong okay. time. That was oh, sure. clearly. I all right. Yeah. All right. Sorry about that. Um, well, I, I, I now it. that we are all here and Ryan is now focused. At a heathen. Adam, I, I, like a heathen. I was focused Adam, would you mind opening us in prayer? Research, he says it. But yes, I'll definitely pray us in. Let's pray. God, thank you for bringing us all together again tonight to discuss your words and how we can worship you appropriately. Be with our conversations. May they glorify you, and may they be a pleasing aroma in your courts. In your name, amen. Amen. Okay. Thank you, Adam. All You're right. welcome. So, tonight, we are discussing worship music. Adam, yes, what do you sir. think about worship music? It's an overall, as an overall genre, what do you think about it? As a genre, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I think of the words give and take. Give and take. Yeah, especially in modern worship, because you either get really good music or you get really good words. Mm. There's no way in between, in my experience. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. All right. That's a good. That's a good way to put it. All right. Cool. 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 Ryan, what do you think? I I think Adam summed it up really well. Uh it is really hard to get that balance but i i think worship in and of itself is not just the words and the music it's also the state of your heart mm -hmm. um, so i mean and we'll get into this more but there's also you got to be careful because you do need to have good basic theology and doctrine behind the words okay all yeah. right so um i mean we're all familiar with the phrase make a joyful noise unto the Lord, right? Mm -hmm. Naturally. Sometimes we hear that phrase a lot. It's mm -hmm. Psalm 100, Sometimes by the way. Psalm 100, thank you. Yes, I was I was going to lead us towards Psalm 110, but thank you. We'll get to there. That's fine. Um, Making a joyful noise unto the Lord. Does that mean you have to be a good singer? Well, no, I think it's what, like Ryan said, it's, it's a heart matter. Mm -hmm. uh, worship is ultimately I, I, not about us. And that's just such a problem with the modern worship scene. And I think really strikes at the heart of what worship is. Because if we're making a joyful noise just to make a joyful noise, then it's empty. But if okay. our heart is is truly in worship, we're, we're looking at God and thanking him for what he's done for us, not what we've done for him. Just taking ourselves out of the equation, ultimately, that's what worship is. Adoring God in everything he does. Yeah. So, not not this. Don't 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 mishear us. This this conversation we're about to have is not us bashing modern worship mm -hmm. through and through all the live long day. That's not what we're here about. I wanted to break down a little bit about the 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 the, the positives of modern worship, the negatives, and then the positives of of modern worship, and they the the positives and negatives of traditional slash quote-unquote classical or you know what have you traditional um yeah, yeah all that stuff uh, but specifically talking about two two uh trends uh form of music the form of the music 
and the content. When we think of worship music's form, and I'm not talking like form and analysis, Adam, that's probably where your brain was going. It was exactly uh, where my brain was going. <laughs> for those, for those music, music theory people. nerds out there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm, I'm more thinking of the, the setting. Uh, so when, 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 we think, when we think traditional worship, what do we think? My mind immediately springs to an old country church that only has about 30 pews in it. There's no balcony. There's no wings off to the side. It's got a very humble stage with a very simple pulpit. And it's it's mostly out of the hymnody. There's no instrument, save for maybe a piano. And it's just very simple might not be a good word for it, but it comes across that way. Okay. Humble? Maybe even maybe, but again, that depends on the minister in the heart. Mm-hmm. And that, that is to say, like, there's no, there, the, the, it, we're not saying that there is no humility in modern worship Mm-mm. by any exactly. Um, Ryan, what do you, what are your thoughts when you think immediately think of uh, traditional music worship? Traditional music worship. I, I actually grew up in a church that Adam was describing. I, as soon as he started describing, that was the, the, the church that I grew up in. That was the picture I was getting in my head because that's exactly what I was used to. Uh, hymns, uh, it wasn't until later on in life that I was even exposed to a full band or team, as some churches will call it because they don't want to say band because there's some connotations with that. Yeah, but no, I again, I'm gonna go back with Adam, and that's what I think of. Um, and also sometimes just your own private area that you worship in, um, or that you may be reading your Bible mm-hmm. um, and singing praises to the Lord uh, in mm-hmm. that situation. So, yeah, just a simple place, acapella. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. Um, at least from my brain, from my perspective. I mean, I mean, I grew up in a traditional. I, I say traditional church. Um, you know, we had pews upon pews, some long, some short. We had a very narrow, very long sanctuary. Um, but yeah, we had the organ, we had the piano, we had the handbells. Ooh, yeah, um, handbells. Occasional, occasional acoustic guitar. Now, I mean, that's what I think of when I think traditional worship, those kinds of things. But that's that's just what we, that's what we grew up in. Mm-hmm. Um, and may I interject with a question? Go for it. Who's to say that that setting can't be modernized? Absolutely. That's where I was going. Good good point. Mm-hmm. How would you modernize that? You know, in, in, from the perspective of today's college students, high school students, oh. how could you take that setting and put it in an, uh, oh, put I, it in a way that it's appealing to them? I've got, as you guys know, I do work at a college, a Christian college. So mm-hmm. I have the unique experience to be able to, to be able to set up and run the audio for chapel. Uh, my students are the main ones who run the audio, but I do have that unique experience for this particular question. So modernizing it, what would that look like? So the college I go to, or sorry, not go to, the college <laughs> I work at, are steeped in the Presbyterian tradition, specifically Reformed Presbyterian. And they don't really use instruments for worship, uh, singing worship. They 
pretty much stick to acapella. Uh, if there is a instrument involved, it is very basic. Uh, so and this your, is at your university? Yes. So okay. it, it's, it's very basic if they use one. Um, most of the time, it's either a piano or just a simple acoustic guitar. But they try to stick to acapella. Uh, and so by having students, so there's a student group that they have that sings, simplifying the process but also including everybody in it because they also stick to the psalter so the psalms mainly uh mm. and instead of hymns and uh modern worship music and it, it, it and so it's everybody singing together and we make sure that the audio is mixed in a way that when you're singing you can still hear the people who are singing but it, it's it's a group singing but where i'm getting with this so you understand it's kind of hard to modernize that setting, especially okay. for students who are very used to the full band, like the full plethora of instruments on stage in their worship. Because I've talked to multiple different students that they're like, yeah, I mean, I understand it, but I come from a church that's like, they've got the drums and they've got the, the acoustics and the bass and the... So, how to modernize it, I, I think there needs to be a balance, but that comes with the skills of the audio technicians as well as those who are singing um, and the gifts that God has given them to produce the music. And, and then the Holy Spirit will touch um, hearts as the gifts are being used. So I don't know, it's kind of a hard balance, but I do know that modernizing that particular thing is very hard when, as we all know in your various denominations, you are so used to how you do worship, whether you're Pentecostal or a CMA or a Baptist or a Southern Baptist or a Methodist or a Reformed Presbyterian. Okay, yeah. And I can actually kind of jump off of that as well. Um, like we've said multiple times in the past, I'm very heavily involved in my church's music ministry, and I'm very grateful for that position. But an interesting thing with this whole modernization of a quote-unquote stripped-back worship set is employed in a very interesting manner where I attend, specifically within the youth band. Um, I have helped out with them a couple of times recently, and... What we do, yeah, we do have just like a keyboard, an acoustic guitar. Sometimes I'm playing bass for them. It, it's very simple instrumentation, but we utilize what technology we have available to us. Yes, we have the mixer in the back. We have technicians who are running that audio, but we also have what we call stems. Are you all familiar with the, with what those are? What is it? Stems, S-T-M-E-S. Uh, vaguely. Okay, so put most simply, it's a track that you can customize that has basically whatever instrument was on the original track. Is this like GarageBand in a way? Yes, but more advanced. Okay. So as an example, the last worship set that I played with the youth band with these stems uh, included Graves into Gardens, which we can touch on eventually, because I do have one very large bone to pick with that song. <laughs> but it was me, a pianist, 
a an acoustic guitarist and a guy playing the cajon. You all know what a cajon is? Yes. Excellent. So we had the four of us plus a vocalist. What we did, we took the stem technology with a computer running through the sound system, and we handpicked what instruments were not represented there. So we added a synthesizer, we added an electric guitar or two, and some additional percussion. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So whether or not that's quote-unquote modernizing the traditional setting, I'm not sure, because that may as well just be modern at that point. Mm -hmm. But we are still taking the idea of that stripped-back set Mm -hmm. and applying what technology we can use. I mean, you're taking modernized instruments and putting them into the setting, even though even though they're not physically there. So, no, I would I would consider that a step in the modernized direction, considering the fact that it's a technology based thing in the first place. Mm-hmm. I'm actually using a similar um, si- similar thing with um, my students, where I can go online and find these tracks, customize it, take the vocals out, only put the only put the backup vocals in or the lead vocals take any instruments out that I want for a Yeah, for a that's song. exactly what these yeah, are. That's, yeah, yeah, I'm using this for my for my chorus, for my for my kids in chorus. Mm-hmm. And in uh, that, because and I myself am not an instrumentalist. And in that situation, it sounds like what you're doing is you're 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 pulling back. So you're getting the full band set, but you're pulling back and 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 making the setting and the aesthetic more simplified like the traditional church that you first described mm-hmm. instead of having like for lack of a better term a whole team and band up on stage so i mean right. i'd agree that that is a way to modernize it mm-hmm. especially if you're not um if you're not hiring out mm-hmm. um yeah specific Which... people that come from like half an hour plus out of their way to come and play as a paid mm-hmm. musician at your school, at your church. Um, yeah. I would and say we that try that's, not to do that. Yeah. I would say that's still a, that's still a good blend of traditional sense, but with some obviously con- not contemporary uh, modern worship aspects uh, built in because when, when, when we, when we get into the hired musicians for worship, that's a whole different other discussion. And it's so dangerous. Yeah. But why? Why is it dangerous, though? Well, let's think about it. What is worship? It is voluntarily putting yourself aside, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So when you do it for compensation, be that money or anything else, I think it loses the point. Because what? Because at that point, we're looking for performance uh, quality rather than yeah. congregational singing together. And, right. I mean, because you can have the congregation singing with all of those instruments mm-hmm. at the front. But the congregation still be the main focus because the congregation is are the they are the ones worshiping, mm-hmm. not the not well, the ones on the stage. But the I'll correct are... that statement just well, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I, I would yeah. say that the congregation is not the most important. Okay, what's most yeah. important is leading the congregation mm-hmm. to the throne of God. Mm-hmm. Yes, that. Yes, and 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 the and the people on the stage are worshiping as well exactly i didn't mean to say i didn't mean yeah. to insinuate insinuate that they weren't but oh yes. no i understand what you're saying and to give a short version i have a friend who actually explained to me about a time in his life when he was a part of a team that provided the worship for a church but mm. the pastor was outsourcing these mm. people and 
one time they were outsourcing, one of these people was not a Christian. And they're getting up there playing their instruments and leading these people in worship. But they aren't believing, so it goes back to the heart, they, they don't believe what they're saying. They're just, to them, it's a performance, it's a gig, it's it's money. Uh, yeah, they're there for the paycheck. They're there for the paycheck. And I, I know there was some discussion, and we don't need to get into it, but I know there's that whole discussion where, well, maybe by them doing this and by them being here, uh, they'll come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's they're, that's where I, that's where I was going to head with that, yeah. because I'm like, yeah, it's all, we're all the recognition again we are all sinners mm-hmm. we all have our own faults yeah just because somebody's not at a specific stage in their christ walk does not mean that they can't participate in certain things but i think i feel that in certain positions in a church in a congregation you 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 gotta have you gotta have some relationship with Christ, obviously. Well, especially when you're on stage leading worship, because if your that. heart is not there, yeah, mm-hmm. and people know that, mm-hmm. that's going yeah. to jade them to the whole idea of worship, because mm-hmm. they're yeah. going to look at the leadership in that church and think, "Wow, I can't believe they would do something so shallow as to outsource mm-hmm. a musician who doesn't even believe in what we're in what we're preaching." Exactly, and and that's that's the key too is we want to outreach with people there's there's a time and a place for being able to outreach to people who have the gift of music who may not be believers but that time and place is not during a worship service not Mm -hmm. when you're supposed to be coming to the lord so and, and that's the thing like there's a time and a place to outreach to people who are not believers but have the gift of music Uh, it's just not when you're supposed to be leading the congregation in worship during a worship service because your heart needs to be there and that's the other thing is like to bring it back around because we don't want to stick on the subject of leaders it's pretty self-explanatory how should we be leading as leaders in the church through worship I'll start there. Um, as someone who's on stage basically every Sunday, um, I've learned a lot from my music minister. And and more than anything, it's humility. Hmm. It's getting out of the way of God and what he's going to do. Uh, like, he'll always make a point to say, we are the sinner here. We are only saved by grace and what Christ has done for us. So I think that's step number one. Step number two, I think, is reliably selecting theological music that can actually reflect what we believe. Mm -hmm. But then where does that lead us? I'm going to interject really quick and just I I feel we should probably define worship at this point before we go much further. Like we've talked about how we feel about worship, but I, I... going forward we should define worship and and we've 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 mentioned this in other podcasts but the definition according to the oxford dictionary is the feeling or expression of reverence and adoration for a deity and i'm just gonna let that ruminate as worship leaders you're already talking about the humility and josh you're a um you're also a musically inclined person versus me. What about 
those of us who don't have the gift of music. I mean, I, I, I edit sound every Wednesday um, and I do a little bit on Sundays, but I mean, to me, that's numbers and uh, levels. That's not like singing and being up in front of people. I mean, that's still an act of worship because you are mm -hmm. actively enabling other people be, to be able to listen to it. Mm -hmm. And that's Maybe. a really good point. Mm -hmm. You making sure that all the sound sounds good mm -hmm. is, yes, definitely a form of worship. You're volunteering your time in order to lead the flock, per se, to God, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah, that's definitely worship. But I, I think you're more asking, how does a quote-unquote onstage leader yes. shepherd people into that attitude of worship? With the idea right? of the definition of what worship is. Right. <laughs> Number one, don't make it a show. Mm -hmm. Point to scripture. Well, definitely that. Yeah. But showmanship in church music is one of the most dangerous things that I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. in, and in a room. Oh, sorry, go Josh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Okay. Um, even in my area where I'm at, geographically speaking, that I have seen so many churches just do special music because they can. Like, does our church do a special almost every Sunday? Yes. But those are handpicked by the pastoral staff because of the words and because of what the words mean in the light of God and the light of the worshipers. So, for example, one of my favorites is a song called Great is His Faithfulness. The chorus reads, lift your head, morning is coming, there's more to the story. Don't forget, in grief and in glory, still great is his faithfulness. And I think that's a really focused answer of what faithfulness is, because God's going to be there no matter what. But it still flows and it still sounds cool. And it is a gorgeous song. I, <laughs> I implore. It's one of my favorites. It's so beautiful. I implore anybody to listen to it. But you you shift that to another church in this town. And it's a bigger church than we are. And they have a guitar ensemble. Fine. I think playing an instrument is an act of worship. We're called to. Uh, praise him with the cymbal, the tambourine, blast the trumpet, strike the lyre. That's another psalm for you. Yep. But when you're doing the Trans-Siberian Orchestra Carol of the Bells, <laughs> because <That's>... you can. <laughs> That's a different story. <laughs> it is. Because it becomes a concert at that point. You're not leading anybody in worship. You're looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, oh, I'm so great. And just look at our cold opening. We were making a gag, but... I've been to a church where before they even start worship service, they sang that song. <laughs> Which, let, let's really let the irony of that stew. Yes. <laughs> Highway to hell. Let, let's in just, a church. In a, yes. <laughs> I mean, there's ways to spin that in a good... No. There is not. There is, <laughs> there is not. <laughs> Look. There's not. There's really not. My, my son, my, my, my youngest son loves classic rock like he likes to dance to it because he likes the drum beats that is a song that we skip. right yes it, it, we <laughs> skip that one if it comes up we skip it <laughs> yeah 
because it's not edifying. It's not, yeah. <laughs> so um, then, with that, what does an appropriate worship song look like? And I know we've, we we've got an, uh, we've got a few examples of this, and I think Josh definitely wanted to talk on hymns versus modernized hymns. So why yeah. don't we start there? Okay. So, talking scripture, talking worship. This is, my, this is my personal pet peeve, and this is something that I'm going to have to deal with at the throne of God someday. <laughs> oh, boy. Chris Tomlin. Uh -oh. Anytime Chris Tomlin gets his hands on a hymn and says, Hey, guys, would you like to add me? Add, would you like me to add another chorus in there? <laughs> no. That's exactly what Chris Tomlin sounds like, by the way. <laughs> No. That is Chris Tomlin. <laughs> I do not listen to Chris Tomlin. I will not I will not I will not sing Chris Tomlin versions of hymns in in service. I will not. Oh, but it, come it, on. It, no. But, but no, come on. No. You get you got no. you got to remember. No, 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 no. Hang on, hang what? on, hang on. But how just, great. Just won't. How great is our God? But Ladies, you're both beautiful. Hang on. Hang <laughs> on. Adam, are you working on pulling something it's up for us? God. No, I've got an example that's come to mind it, like that works with this Sing perfectly. Sing with me. Okay. How great is Ryan. our God? <laughs> Ryan, please. Ryan? <laughs> Think of the children. <laughs> but no, some, people, some people out there probably don't even know who Chris Tomlin is, and that's okay. Uh, okay, you're no joke, though. No, no joke. I, I did a worship set at church. With, with the youth band again, and one of the high schoolers had never heard of How Great Is Our God. Bless him. Or okay. her. He's, he's better off her. for that. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about the solid rock versus cornerstone. Oh, yes. Wait, wait, wait. This, the solid this rock, the hymn? Well, yes, I also had okay. Firm Foundation, the hymn, and Firm Foundation, the modernized song pulled up. And I think yours is going to work in a more negative light, but let's talk <laughs> about cornerstone first as a as an okay example. Go, go for it. Well, So, Ryan. Sorry, I was just going to say, what was the second song? Sorry. Mine or Josh's? Yours. Adam. Okay. The Solid Rock and Cornerstone. Oh, okay. I believe okay. it's Christian Stanfield. Yeah, okay. I just like... want to bring up the lyrics so that I, I have them gotcha. in front of me. So, Stanfield incorporates the words of the hymn. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. That's brilliant. Mm -hmm. the, the, those words have lasted for hundreds of years, and I think they've done so on purpose because we, we solely rely on the grace of God to exist. Mm -hmm. The difference comes in the choruses. Mm. The hymn, On Christ the Solid Rock I Stand, All Other Ground is Sinking Sand. Mm -hmm. All other ground is sinking sand, which is biblical. It's one of the parables in Matthew, yep. uh, the parable of the builders. One built his house on the sand. The winds blew and the rains came and the house was washed away. The other builder built on the rock, but it was mm -hmm. it, it was firm and lasted through the storm. The rock is Christ. The sand is everything else. Mm -hmm. And I think both, and, and, and when we switch to the hymn, Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love, through the storm, he is Lord, Lord of all. I think it works to a degree. Is it as streamlined as the hymn? No. But it's still demonstrating that God is the only one that can save us. 
Mm-hmm. And, I, I, and I genuinely do think that Cornerstone works in that regard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Cornerstone is one of the ones that I believe that works. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll put this verse in here since we're probably going to jump to firm foundation and how firm a foundation. But in Colossians 2.8, the words are important. And like you were saying, Adam, it, it does work because it, it, it's saying the same things, just in a different way. Mm-hmm. But in Colossians 2.8, it tells us, and this is the English Standard Version, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. And we believe that all scripture is God-breathed. So, and since Christ is woven into all scripture, if we're not on, and, and here's your transition, Josh, you ready? Get, get ready. Uh-huh. <laughs> if we are not on a firm foundation of the Bible, then... It is empty. How firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord, <laughs> is laid for your faith in his excellent word. What more can he say than to you he hath said, to you who is, to you who, oh my gosh, to you who for refuge to Jesus have fled. That's just verse one in the, in the hymn. Mm-hmm. And, and it's so good. Yes. And chorus one in the modern version of the song, which is firm foundation, I don't remember who the original artist is. Maverick um, City. <laughs> that, thank you. Oh, yeah. Um, chorus one is, Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand. When everything around me is shaken, I've never I've been more glad. I'm not even sure. Wait, don't even stop there. What's the next lyric? Yeah, keep uh, going. Yeah, yeah, oh, keep for, going. For, for, the, for, the, for the modern one? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because it gets I put worse. I my faith in Jesus because he's never let me down. Is faithful. He's faithful through generations. So why would he fail now? He won't. And that. And then it, they just keep saying he won't. He won't. He won't. He won't. He won't. He won't. So Josh, why does that not work? I don't know. There is a simple answer, and I will point to the first line of the second half of that first verse. Of, of that, the modern or the traditional? The modern. Mm-hmm. Okay. That I put my faith in Jesus. Oh, yes, yes, that one. That I've never been more glad. But it's but me. if we look at the second verse of the traditional one, mm-hmm. and I, I'm giving I'm giving the modern the benefit of the doubt here. Mm-hmm. If we look at the first, second verse of the traditional, for, fear not, I am with thee, O be not dismayed. Yes. For I am thy God and will still give thee aid. I'll strengthen thee, help thee, and cause thee to stand, upheld by my righteous omnipotent hand. Verse 2 in the in the traditional doesn't sing about us putting something, putting, you know, it, it doesn't sing about our, our emotions. It still puts God as the framework mm-hmm. of the verse. And not only that, this is sung from God's perspective. Exactly. Yes. This, this is theoretically... God's words to us. Would God speak mm-hmm. to us like that? I don't know. But this is displaying that God is the one who has his hand in everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rather than what he's done for us. Mm-hmm. Right. As opposed and, and, to And it's not it's not it's not that we're saying we can't talk and we can't praise the Lord from that perspective. Um mm-hmm. but when we but when that's the only perspective we ever take with our worship it becomes, like we said, about us. But there's mm-hmm. also another aspect to firm foundation uh, 
that I think we miss. And it goes back to the Psalms. So in the Psalms, uh, I'm just going to pull up Psalm 22, actually, because I have a special reason that I'm going to be using that in the future. Um, hint, hint, wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. Um, but and I'm looking at the modern worship lyrics for from Foundation. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I forgot how much longer but it is. Let's look at the I the I statements in this psalm versus the I statements in Firm Foundation. Now, granted, and I, I'm going to throw another verse in here really quick because um, I, I want it to be fresh in everybody's minds, but. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 11 through 15, um, and I'm only going to read verse 11, it says, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. And then in uh, Colossians 3, 16, it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns, singing psalms and hymns, and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So that being said, we are supposed to encourage one another. And and here's my benefit of the doubt to Firm Foundation. I think that's what they were trying to do. Um, so, but let's listen to the, a couple of the I statements in Psalm 22. But I am a worm and not a man. <laughs> I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. Uh, from birth I was cast on you, from my mother's womb you have been my God. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned to wax, it has melted within me. Like, I, I could keep going, but you get the, the idea. imagery. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a sinner declaring that he is sinful. And then in, in verse 22, it, it kind of switches, because actually the title to Psalm 22 um in some verses is from from either from pain to joy or from suffering to uh praise so keep that in mind in verse 22 it starts saying stuff like i will declare your name to my people in the assembly i will praise you from you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly before those who fear you i will fulfill my vows so i will fulfill my vows to you um, but especially like my praise f- from you comes the theme of my praise from you comes the theme of my praise. And then we go back to, um, uh, firm foundation or he won't as Maverick city co put it. I've still got joy and chaos. I've got peace that makes no sense. I won't be going under. I'm not held by my own strength. Like, there's not even like any repentance or any like uh, whatever. It's just he's faithful. Uh, sing it out, sing. He won't. He won't. Yeah, he won't fail. Uh, I have a testimony. I have a story to sing. Well, where is that testimony coming from? Where is that story to sing coming from? <laughs> like, <laughs> where? <laughs> yeah. And I, again, I think it ultimately comes back to a lack of recognition of sinfulness mm, because yeah. this is just very like oh look at me god's so good haha <laughs> guys let's praise and worship <laughs> never minding the fact why we're doing it in the first place do that voice again please oh my gosh guys let's go like sing some worship songs look at her <laughs> anyway 
Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, this always brings up a good conversation, but I, I also wanted to point out, point out uh, these couple of scriptures from Psalm, from the mm-hmm. book of Psalms. Psalm 47, verse 1, clap your hands, all peoples, shout to God with loud songs of joy. Mm-hmm. And uh, here's another one. Uh, Psalm 33, verse 3, sing to him a new song, play skillfully on the strings with loud shouts. Mm-hmm. And Psalm 150, verse 5, praise him with sounding cymbals, praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the phrase, la- the, the term loud is repeated in all three of those. Um, and that is to not say, we're not saying only sing hymns, only do traditional worship, blah, 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 blah. Um, you can play skillfully on strings in, in, in traditional worship, singing new songs. But if those new songs are not based in, um, if those new songs are not based in scriptural, mm-hmm salvation salvation thank you scriptural salvation and they're only about like how i feel and on the surface sur- level fluff there's surface level fluff resounding thank you. my my gone. brain is shutting down for the night um <laughs> then you're never going to dive deeper than that in your faith well and i think that also brings up a good point and ryan if you would well, and if you look at Second Samuel six fourteen and fifteen, which if anybody's been on uh, Instagram has become a Christian uh, like TikTok video sensation, uh, it says, mm-hmm. "And David danced before the Lord with all his might, and David was wearing a linen ephod." So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting, and with the sound of the horn, and 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 and, and keep in mind, David wrote a lot of the Psalms. So, and and he understood of all the people in the Bible, of all the people in the Bible, he understood what it meant to have a broken and contrite heart before the Lord and to come and, and, and what it really meant to worship and dance before the Lord with all of his might. And, 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 and he wrote most of the Psalms from that perspective. Speaking of writing, I think a lot of this conversation points to another question. What's an appropriate style of songwriting? Because, again, we've talked about the hymnody versus modern music and why that doesn't work theologically, but does it work musically? Now, okay, again, this is not generalizing every single modern worship song (laughs) but to me at least from a from a music writer's standpoint most modern worship only has three chords dude as a member of the praise band at church yes chord progression now correct me if i'm wrong here one five four maybe a minor six thrown in there sometimes somewhere sometimes no that's 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 about right and that's the extent of the complexity yeah. Um, well, and, and well, I think. Go ahead, Ryan. Sorry, it's written in that way to be able to be repeatable, to elicit emotion. Mm-hmm. Because it's that it, resolution, right? One five one, yeah. one five four one five one five four five one. Musical time, one to five is a very stable progression. Yep. 
One goes to five. Five wants to go back to one. Five to four is weird because you have no pull going back to the tonic of the key. Because it takes it back to five. No, not even that. So I'm four oh, no, four so goes to three. Four goes to three. Kind of. Sort of. Five to four is weird, but four to one, you get those two notes moving back down, and it's just such this, I don't know, almost sappy thing to hear. Because it's just four, three, and it, it, you just feel satisfied, per se. Yeah. But I would also say that complexity isn't necessarily something that is necessary in worship music because you're not trying to make a big show of things like we've already discussed. However, I do think the repetition of the chords can lead to complacency not only in the band members, but also in the congregation. Because you hear the same thing over and over and over again, and you're like, oh, I wonder what chord's next. Oh, there it is again. And you just become sort of desensitized in that regard. Well, and then you get stuck in that emotional feeling of whatever the band and however the band was singing or the team was singing. Like, and, and sometimes because the the team gets to lead everything and then the guy in the sound booth has to kind of prepare themselves for having to go back to the final chorus or another chorus and just flipping the slides back and forth because they're just repeating he won't 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 and you're like okay when will he when will we move on like um we won't and and, and I, I i won't try to copy it but tim hawkins makes a great point for this he does in one of his 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 skits on like he, he just basically talks about how oh forever forever well we are we gonna be here forever like i got i gotta i gotta go like i i, I got a kid's game I, I need to take my nap and like it, it, yeah <laughs> now actually yeah. that brings up a really good point because um in, in the vein of repetition um matthew 6 7 uh in praying don't use vain repetitions as gen as the gentiles do uh, for they think that they will be heard for their much speaking. That being said, again, we're not knocking modern worship in its entirety for repeating the same phrase over and over. But when we repeat the same, this is a personal, again, this is something I'm going to have to deal with the throne of God whenever I, whenever, whenever I face Jesus. With that's This is my gripe with modern worship. We just repeat, and then we just repeat, and repeat and repeat just like an ostinato adam what does an ostinato do over and over and over and over again and that's when my lose... brain shuts down and my heart yeah. shuts down because words lose meaning when they're said that often yeah if you say a word often time often enough it'll lose its meaning like you say the word goldfish 10 times in a row it's going to start sounding just... like gibberish yeah so yeah, every time my kids want a sharp. snack and it's just goldfish, goldfish or gummies, gummies, gummies. Honestly, I don't even know what those words mean anymore. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's 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 personally why I loved, still love traditional worship hymns because, yeah, they probably have the occasional chorus that repeats, but it doesn't repeat six and seven times. Mm -hmm. 
um, because and it's I, always I think some new fresh idea that builds upon itself verse mm-hmm. to verse. And I think that's another really important thing in the hymnody. Let's go back and take a look at uh, the solid rock again. Yep. You get did four lines of each of those verses, but it's only two lines of unique poetry for the choruses. Mm-hmm. And it's a very simple idea that is conveyed in such a way that sticks with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And actually that, that actually brings up another point, but Waymaker. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Waymaker. Don't get me wrong. The music is engaging to it to some extent. But when you get there, I'm counting right now. One, two, three, four, maybe seven lines are different in the entire song. And there are several lines in this song. There are. But you repeat, you, you sing, you sing a phrase, you, you basically repeat that phrase three times. It, but Especially in fairness, in the course, Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper, Light in the Darkness. My God, that is who you are. Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper, Light in the Darkness. My God, that is who you are. That is putting God in a box to me. Why did I think all of those lines were from different songs? But anyway, continue. I I think to Waymaker's credit, it it keeps the focus on God. It does. It does. And and maybe not putting him in a box, but maybe focusing on one of the aspects of him. And, and, and 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 yeah, and you can focus on one aspect of God and just write a whole song on it you can absolutely there's nothing wrong with that but there's just something about that song that doesn't jive with me and i don't I, know I why i think i personally I, i'm also not the biggest fan of it but i think musically it's written in such a way that is simplistic and maybe that's for the audience's sake i'm not sure audience and or congregation depending on the context yeah but it is a very simple song. Mm-hmm. The opening line, da 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 It's all pentatonic. Yeah. And Josh, you of course know that pentatonic is a very easy scale to sing. And the chorus, da 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 da. It's got another pentatonic motif to it. Oh, excuse me. So yeah, it's simple to sing. But I think that simplicity is lost when you repeat it so much. Yeah, and it, maybe it, that's it, where it, your issue comes up. That's I think that's a lot a lot of it. And we're not saying like complex worship; you have to do it because when you get when you get too complex, congregation isn't going to follow. They're not going to be able exactly. to, They're not going to be able to pick it up and sing it. And you, as a leader in that right, fail because you're failing to lead the congregation to God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Because yeah, you want you want a a good blend of okay. Is the congregation being going to be able to pick this up and sing it after hearing it one time? Are they good? Great. Let's roll with it. But let's also play with it a little bit more, and get get their hearts ready for something a little deeper than just this one line or this one phrase. Or mm-hmm. while still keeping it theologically sound enough yes. to be worthy of singing. And yeah. that is actually a good question to kind of get onto the like how should we write a song i mean we could we could do the simple answer just take the hymns and or take lessons from the hymns but like how should you actually write words in a song because 
it, it, from a theological standpoint, if you think about like repetition, I mean, God's God doesn't change. So if we're talking about like uh, the 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 song changing or the words, it, it, we could spend our whole lifetime trying to figure out new ways to write but did the psalms already do it well enough did the hymns already do it well enough should we stop creating modern worship songs and just we modernize the tunes to old songs we should like, absolutely not stop creating worship songs that's no, not what we're saying no, yeah um I, i'm i'm mainly ahead, asking Frank. like as as a generalization like how should we write ultimately and i've got a really good example for this one scripture <laughs> If you're not pulling from the Bible, if you're pulling from like, oh, Jesus loves me, and I'm just going to write that over and over and over again, there's the voice again for you, lads. You're welcome. <laughs> I love it so much. It's, it's so shallow, mm -hmm. and you lose so much meaning because it really doesn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, Jesus loves you, but why does he love you? How Jesus love loves you? me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones who to him belong, they are weak, but he is strong. Boom. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, that, that's totally fair. <laughs> but if it's just Jesus loves me, you're going to lose a lot of that important background information. You got to explain why. You got to explain how. You got to explain how, yeah, everything. So one of my favorite examples that we do in church every now and then, uh, and I included it in the postcast jams one week, uh, is from We the Kingdom, it's God so loved. Mm -hmm. Now, the words are straight from scripture. Come all ye weary, come all ye broken, come to the well that never runs dry. Taken from the Samaritan woman at the well, but then we shift to the chorus. For God so loved the world that he sent us his one and only son to save us. Whoever believes in him will live forever. The power of hell forever defeated now it is well, I'm walking in freedom for God so loved the world. John yeah. 316 is the chorus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that it, it's such a good song because it pulls directly from the scripture, yes. Mm -hmm. But it's also really well written and fun. Mm -hmm. Just musically, you hear it, you're like, oh, this is a jam. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm getting into this. But then you pay attention to the word and it's like, whoa. Scripture can be fun like this, and it's yeah. engaging in that regard. Oh, cool. um, absolutely. And another thing I wanted to point out, like when we have songs like, oh, what was the one that I just talked about? Waymaker. <laughs> Waymaker. Thank you. When we have Waymaker, and uh, don't get me wrong here, the music somewhat engaging. I, uh, I, I. Do like the music for this song, Oceans, Where Feet May Fail. Oh my gosh. I, the music is, I I will admit, at least somewhat engaging. But when you get down to it, if you, it, speaking of just the script, the, 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 the text of the song, if that text doesn't once mention Jesus or God, mm -hmm. You have a problem because I'm just yeah. going to read two verses. Two verses from Oceans. You call you call me out upon the waters, the great unknown where where feet may fail, and there I find you in the mystery. In oceans deep, my faith will stand. Skipping the chorus, but but it doesn't actually mention Jesus or God directly. Your grace abounds in deepest waters. Your sovereign hand will be my guide. Where feet may fail and fear surrounds me, you've never failed and you won't start now. I don't. 
God explicitly and Jesus explicitly is never once mentioned by name in this song. And there's a bunch of songs out there like that. If this song jives with you and helps you get into that worship mindset, awesome. Because you know at your core that Christ is the center. And more importantly, that's what the song is talking about. Yes. Even if it is just implicit. Yes. And it goes back to the heart. Where is our heart? Who are we worshiping? What do you like? Who are we revering? And yeah, are we coming to revere God? And if if we are, and the words in our heart match, then we're singing praises unto the Lord. Great. And, And my point with this was, you take a song like that, and there's a there's a couple other examples. I, I I don't remember them off the top of my head now, but you take a song like that, you could easily frame that to be sung to a lover. I use Justin Timberlake as the example in this moment. <laughs> I don't know why I'm picking on Justin Timberlake. No, 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 none whatsoever. I just like you could be singing that to a lover. You could be singing that to a spouse. You could be singing that to an idol of some sort. You could very easily not be talking about Jesus in that song. Mm-hmm. All Especially Lauren you don't Daigle's know any albums. Oh my gosh. Let's not even talk about <laughs> Lauren Daigle. That's not worth it. <laughs> that is literally all of her songs. Like I, I, I listen to them and I'm like, huh, I wonder how Sarah's doing right now. And it's like, oh, wait a minute. No, wait. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait Hold a second. A second. Well, and to go back to Adam and your example, I'm going to bring up my favorite modern Christian artist and how he writes things. uh, Aaron Schust. Oh, heck yeah. Oh, I love Mm -hmm. Aaron Schust. Uh, I'll I'll even do a shout out to Shane and Shane, but we'll get to them later. Um, Oh, I like Shane and Shane, yeah. Oh, Shane and Shane's great. But Shane and Shane does a lot of re... Speaking of modernizing like that, that classic church pulpit piano shane and shane mm, they modernized the hymns and the psalms and oh yes anyway shane and shane is my personal guilty pleasure because psalm 34 taste and see is my is the sort of first song that my wife and i danced to at our wedding so Aww. oh yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't remember so. that and i was there but anyway <laughs> <laughs> uh so his one song uh, this I know. Uh, there's a there's a there's a ton of lines in here, and he does repeat, "Jesus loves me." This I know, but it kind of goes back to you, Josh, bringing up that children's song. Um, but the one the one section I wanted to pull out, the lyrics wise, was, and I lost it because I'm uh, scrolling and I shouldn't be. When my sin says I'm unreachable. And there, there's admitting my sin says I'm unreachable past the point where grace will go. When I feel anything but unlovable, Jesus loves me. This I know. So, so, so there's the, I'm a sinner. Uh, I'm, I'm horrible, but it still doesn't feel like it's still got that like upbeat. If you've ever heard the lyrics or not the lyrics, Uh the tune, it's still very upbeat. And then it goes on to say, praise the one who walks beside me through Mountain high and valley low. My hope is found in this forever's truth. Jesus loves me. This I know. Jesus loves me. This I know. And then it goes back and adds more scripture in. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. He's my saving grace. My only hope. My Jesus loves me. This I know. 
and and there's other lines in there that admits but he mixes all of these things together that we've been kind of talking about he mixes scripture solid foundation uh it's the psalms broken and contrite heart uh knowing that we are a sinner and that we need a savior and upbeat lyrics that just they're fun to sing or upbeat tune that's just fun to sing even if the 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 subject matter is heavy Mm. yeah um yeah which actually this this is kind of a neat little transition paul um paul writes let the word of christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another through psalms hymns and spiritual songs singing to god with uh, gratitude um in your hearts i think that one's in ephesians um somebody look it up for me while i'm talking um but the two main ideas to me that stick out from paul's words are first um you know christians christian singing is a form of teaching we use worship songs to teach one another Mm -hmm. the bible and sound sound doctrine Mm -hmm. alongside it second Christian singing is to be focused on God, expressing our gratitude to him and giving him the glory rather than emphasizing ourselves. Mm-hmm. And if there is any emphasis that uses us, because, I mean, we already talked about yeah, David and how he wrote some of the Psalms. But if there is, it needs to be going back to us bringing our heart before the Lord and why. I yeah. mean, again, mm-hmm. going to go back to some lyrics from... Aaron Schust uh, from My Hope Is In You, I wait for you and my soul finds rest. In my selfishness, you show me grace. I worship you and my heart cries, glory, hallelujah, hallelujah, Father, you're here. So we can be upbeat and peppy in our singing. There's great upbeat and peppy songs. I don't think the tune, it's, it's really the heart and whether sound doctrine um and in second timothy four through through four and i think this is part of the problem is people want fluffy stuff but in second timothy four through through four it says for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teeth but having itching ears they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths and it's very easy with with songs that are fluffy it's very easy with songs that you could basically sing to a spouse or even a loved one to wander off into myths and not get back to sound doctrine. Mm. Yeah, speaking of sound doctrine, I actually have a really interesting real-life example. I know I brought it up earlier, but Graves into Gardens is a song that we do at church every so often as well. And I, I agree with the words for the most part. I searched the world, but it couldn't fill me. Man's empty praise and treasures that fade are never enough. Mm-hmm. Again, that's recognizing that humanity has fallen and that nothing we can do or anyone else can do is going to save us. Mm-hmm. Stanza two is where me and everyone else at church take issue, so bear with me. Mm-hmm. Then you came along and put me back together. And every desire is now satisfied here in your love. The problematic word there is every. Mm. Not every desire is going to be satisfied. Hmm. So that selfish human nature is counted among those every desires, right? 
So how do we fix that? Simple. Observe. <laughs> then you came along and put me back together. And godly desires are now satisfied here in your love. So I think if we're going to stick with the modern worship, we need to evaluate the songs that are popular. Mm -hmm. And if we are, if we intend to put them on the program for the morning, mm -hmm. we need to make sure that we can actually interpret them in a theologically sound way, mm -hmm. which is what we do here. Because again, humanity is not going to jive with God's plan in every desire. And Psalm 37, 4 tells us, delight yourself in the Lord. So, delight. Oh, you stole it. I was going to say it. Uh, <laughs> I already had it pulled up and everything. Uh, so delight yourself in the Lord as we've been talking about being in sound doctrine, delighting yourself through the worship and having your heart as you approach the throne of grace. And he will give you the desires of your heart, which as you were saying in that song, every desire, that, that one word makes it very hard. And people forget it's not, if we're getting every desire that we want, our, our flesh desires are included to that. Mm. We, Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit is going to give us the desires of our heart. He will replace the desires, the fleshly desires with new desires. And if you just change that verse a little, or that the not the verse, the verse in the song, <laughs> mm -hmm. if you change it a little bit to convey that, then yeah, that song, boom, theologically sound. But yeah, it's well, I think we've had a fruitful conversation this evening, mm -hmm. or whenever this comes out, I don't know. I, I, I think, think before it's we move a good on, way though, to. We should go ahead. I think we should give some examples of some good modern. I, I know we've given a few examples, but I think we sh each of us should give some examples of some good modern worship people that you could seek to listen to. Okay, Adam, go. Oh, y'all, I'm sorry. <laughs> full full disclosure, I don't listen to Christian music in my spare time. <sighs> Okay. And that's not like a heathen thing. I'm not actively seeking out like, yeah, Satan music or stuff like that. Could you all hear that? I might have clipped my mic. No, no, no I heard you just fine. You were good. Okay. No, I don't go seeking out the morally disgusting music or anything. I'm just not a fan of the writing style in Christian music. So I typically leave, you know, the classical station on on the radio. So I don't really have an answer for that. I hope you all do because I am... I have... Couple. useless here <laughs> but ryan you go ahead first i think you since you asked the question i think you might already have an answer a couple good answers um yeah so uh aaron schust is top of the list for me personally um especially because christian missionary alliance whoop whoop um <laughs> then shane and shane um for them we touched on it a little bit but they they take hymns and psalms and they modernize them and they make them and they kind of do the same thing Aaron Schuss does. They take verses and they turn them into lyrical songs. Um, Aaron Schuss' one song, Come to Me, is based on Matthew eleven twenty eight, And it's literally the verse, but he broke it up doctrinally sound, but made it a song um, instead of just the straight up the verse. Shane and Shane has done that with things like Living Water. Um, I can't remember. It's one of the psalms. It's the top of my head that they did that with. Um 
But there's another one, and I should have thought of them before I asked this question. Because I got to <laughs> my Spotify. <laughs> I mean, don't don't feel bad, because I'm literally scrolling through my Spotify playlist, because I can never remember everybody's names. Oh, so. Gaither Vocal Band. I, I don't know. What? No? I'm sorry. I didn't expect to hear anything about the Gaithers tonight. What? I'm not, <laughs> not no- the I am not knocking them whatsoever. I, I mean, was, the Gaithers. I, just, I like the Gaithers. I didn't expect Southern Gospel to come out. Oh, man. <laughs> Gaither vocal band. I grew up on them every time. My grandpa in the car. I, Mark Lowry, man. That, oh, Mark Lowry's great. Oh, Mark Lowry before... He's like the top Christian comedian before Tim Hawkins ever became a thing. Like, I love Mark Lowry. But anyway, uh, go ahead, Josh, because I'm, I'm looking up this one last group. Um, okay. You may, so scrolling you may even through my recently them. played list. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Adam, you can judge me for this one. I don't care. Stephen Curtis Chapman. I'll, I'll leave it there. No, no. I mean, that that's pretty valid. Uh, he, he's he, had some pretty good stuff for oh, 30 years. Good <laughs> lord. And he's, and he's still writing stuff. Um, Zach Williams. Um, say what you will about that one. Shane and Shane, overlapping. Yep. Psalms. Awesome. Uh, Chris Rice. Uh, what's another one? Oh, what's another one? What's another one? Sanctus Real. I really like their their hymns because they they spice it up a little bit. And um, uh, Michael W. Smith. If you mention Stephen Curtis Chapman, you automatically have to mention Michael W. Smith next to him. Um, mm. Rend Rend Collective. Some of their stuff I can jive with, others, eh. But for the most part, Rend Collective I would say is pretty sound. Um, in their in their doctrine, uh, Anthem Lights, that's a guilty pleasure because they're an acapella men's group. Um, a lot of hymns, a lot of other stuff. Matthew West is one of my favorite artists mm. because he'll take. I mean, he does more than just modern worship stuff. He does fun little songs. Like there's a mm. song, um, specifically he wrote he wrote for Thanksgiving because Thanksgiving does not have songs. Let me pull up the lyrics for that really quick because I want to read that. While you're um, pulling up those lyrics, I'll throw my last one in here because I found it. City of Light is the name of the group. Oh, yeah. Oh, City Light. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good and Gracious King. Um, God is for us. I mean, come on. Let's go. Yeah. All right. And I guess I guess while Josh is still looking that up, I, I did I, think I of someone. Yeah. I did think of someone while we were talking about this. And judge me if you will. Um, we've done a lot of Charity Gale's music at church. Okay. And I respect her songwriting ability so much because she marries that beautiful theological text. I think she did Greatest is Faithfulness, Mm. which again is one of my favorites, period. Let me actually confirm that before I look like an idiot. But she's great. Mm. Um, I'm going to read like just one, just one or two verses i'll read one verse and then the chorus uh from matthew west's thanksgiving song just because just for funsies um (laughs) there are so many songs about christmas the reindeer the lights and the gifts and if you if if you have a chance look up the music video for the song it's called gobble gobble (laughs) we sing chestnuts are roasting and marshmallows toasting and here comes old jolly saint nick 
Now, don't get me wrong, I sure love all those songs, but one holiday gets left out. You see, no one remembers a song for November, but that's going to change starting now. Gobble, gobble, one. Gobble, gobble, two. Gobble, gobble, me. Gobble, gobble, you. Gobble, gobble, three. Gobble, gobble, four. Gobble, gobble, please. (laughs) And I have some more. Guys. Oh my my, get the turkey in my belly. Oh my my, with the cranberry Man. jelly. Uh, oh my I'm my, just gonna, come on I'm gonna, and sing it Josh, with me. Josh, 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 I'm gonna. My singing voice is so bad right now because of my cough. I am but, gonna throw um, a fun historical I'll fact. I'll leave it there. <laughs> really quick, Jingle Bells was actually meant to be sung at Thanksgiving. That time. is true. Yes, that is that is also a Thanksgiving so... song. You are not the first to announce that, Ryan. You are not special, Adam, and I already knew that. I, I was actually to... going to announce that, but Ryan took it from me. <laughs> oh, man. I am. I, I apologize. You're our role tonight. I am. I'm just beating everybody to the punch. You're stealing our lines. <laughs> anyway, um, back to mine. Charity Gale did write Great is His Faithfulness, so I'm not an idiot. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> wait, great is Anywho. Thy, wait, Great is Thy Faithfulness? How old is that? His faithfulness, not thy faithfulness. Oh, okay. Is, yeah, that's a different one. Okay, okay. I was a little confused. I was like, wait a minute. How is she new? <laughs> i think we've we could keep going but i think we gotta end it here i would like to present an orb of ponderance boom okay it's a simple question really what will happen if you put a chameleon in a mirrored box I'm not a herpetologist. I don't have that answer. <laughs> um, what would sim- happen? A simple question? Well, chameleons don't work like in the movies, so my guess is it would stay the same. My guess is that since it, it is a mirrored box and chameleons have almost 360 degrees of vision, uh-huh. that the chameleon would perceive one, two, three, four, six other chameleons in the box with it uh-huh. and either display very aggressive or like hey you're another chameleon let's uh <laughs> let's do chameleon things come 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 chameleon so anyway i have no idea <laughs> oh. i just i thought that was a fun little question it might turn like... a little shade of silver but i don't think well that also brings up an interesting point because chameleons don't see colors like we do That's yeah true. they don't so what color would it turn? I have no idea. I don't know how reptile vision works. Yeah, I'm saying know. I'm saying it's going to stay the same color at the very least. I, yeah. I would I would I this sounds boring, but I think I agree with Ryan. I think it would probably stay neutral, stay the same. Yeah. Or it would be like, yeah, boys and girls, let's have some fun. Let's do chameleon things. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I I don't know why I just channeled my inner Beetlejuice with that phrase, but yeah. Anyway, let's uh Enough about the community. <laughs> <laughs> right. oh Ryan, would you like to close us? Yeah. All right. Uh, everybody, bow your heads. Lord, uh, thank you once again for this time that me and Adam and Josh could come together to speak on matters that um, we are constantly questioning as well but also that others may be questioning 
We pray that the words we spoke tonight would be used for your glory and that those who are hearing will hear the message that you have preordained before we even sat down today. Lord, please help us to continually remember that we are here to worship you, uh, that you created us to bring you glory. And Lord, I pray that we remember that worship isn't always just singing. Uh, sometimes it's just coming with a broken and contrite spirit and also serving others and the gifts that you gave us. So Lord, as we go forth, help us to have the strength to focus on you and everything that we do and bring glory to you in all things. And in Jesus' precious name, amen. 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 amen.